Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com.
Good morning. Good to see each of you here today. We're glad that you're able to be here in our services. And uh, Lewis, would you come and lead us in our opening prayer, please? Have we got more than one Lewis? Yeah. Blessed Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to be here in this house to praise you, Lord. Thank you for the pastor, his wife. Lord, I just ask that you be with each one of us today and just open our hearts and our minds to, 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 your, to your love, Lord. Uh, Lord, just thank you for this day. Uh, with the loss of summer, we all hurt. We all feel pain. It's hard. But we... We know she's in a better place, Lord. Uh, so thank you for this day again. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen. All right. Frank, come and let us know what the uh, updates are on our current concerns. Morning, everyone. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of changes here. I will start with the good news. We, we now have 20 countries that our podcast is being listened to. Wow. And I'm going to name them off, too, for the listeners on the podcast. They are, in order of listening, they are Panama, of course, USA, Costa Rica, Philippines, France, Australia, Romania, Mexico, Poland, Indonesia, Italy, India, Brazil, Iraq, Canada, Germany, Spain, Taiwan, Guyana, and the last one was the Netherlands that just joined us. All right. So that's a lot of people. And yes, just, uh, we just need to pray that uh, God's opened their, their ears and their hearts to the word because they're definitely getting it. Praise God for that. Um, a little bit about Betty, Betty Ray. Uh, she's been in and out of the hospital a couple of times. She had some incisions. She had some infection. She's back home now, and hopefully that's going to be okay, but she definitely needs our, our prayers. Uh, everybody remember Sonny Moore, he hadn't been around for a while, he's still dealing with a lot of health issues. He's getting better, but he still has a lot more to go. Sharon's back. Hi, Sharon. <laughs> it's nice to have her back. And of course, George is sitting there, and he's got an operation in January, so we need to pray about that too as well. And we are going to do a memorial ser service for summer, and it's going to be soon. We just have to get everything all taken care of on that. And Dell should be back. Maybe maybe next week. It's going to be sure. close. I'm not really sure because he had the heart attack. So uh, And he's doing good. Uh, he's, he's back from the hospital. He's recovered well. Uh, I'm hopefully uh, just traveling prayers for, for their return. And uh, Rennie's back from Costa Rica with a new smile. So <laughs> praise God for that. And that's about beautiful news now, right? <laughs> All I have. Uh, Dr. Fred was supposed to be here. He said he'll try to make it. He's not 100%, but he's doing much better now. He even did his podcast last week, so uh, hopefully he'll just keep on improving. Uh, thank you. All right, so we do have uh, several changes to our prayer concerns, and uh, so remember these, of course. Uh, remember Summer's family, and uh, we're uh, planning the memorial service. We'll let you know what day, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to get that set up real soon. All right. 
any other prayer concerns you'd like to mention this morning? If not, let's stand and mighty to save is our song here.
Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're thankful for your attendance today. We're missing some that... Uh, uh, hopefully there's nothing bad wrong and, and uh, uh, we need to pray that they'll be able to be back with us. Our message today is, it's not about you. It's not about you, Lewis. <laughs> uh, it's not about me either. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to begin with verse 9. As we begin uh, some messages about I am. I am. We'll talk more about that as we get into this message today. But Exodus chapter 3, beginning with verse 9. God says, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought my people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word today as we understand the meaning of what you're telling Moses. And in essence, as you have spoken to Moses, you speak to each one of us for us to do your bidding, for us to do your will. And it's you who works in and through us that which is well-pleasing in your sight. And Father, we would pray that if decisions are needed by those that are here or all of those that are listening by podcast today, that these decisions might be made even today. Now again, Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for helping us. And we pray that your blessings might be upon this congregation this morning. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Most of you have probably heard the name Yahweh. Right? That's the sacred name of God in the Old Testament. And it can be translated... I am. 
It actually means in the sense I exist. I am. We're looking at this particular phrase, I am, today and for a few weeks now as we think about that incredible name. In doing some research, I discovered that all of Jesus' I am statements, and we'll look at all of them in just a moment, real quickly, that we're going to be looking at in the coming weeks, are made in the book of John. No other writer tells us about those. Next week we began looking at the book of John as we think about these. And here are the different names that Jesus tells us about in John. He says, I am the bread of life which came down from heaven. John chapter 6. I am the light of the world. John chapter 8. I am the door of the sheep, John chapter 10, verses 7 and 9. I am the good shepherd, John chapter 10, verses 11 and 14. I am the resurrection and the life, John chapter 11. I am the way, the truth, and the life, John chapter 14. And then lastly, I am the true vine, John chapter 15. As we begin today, I'd like for you to note one of the things that God is telling Moses here as he is calling him to go and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He's telling him repeatedly, and again we'll look at this in more detail, but he's telling him it's not about you, Moses. It's about me. We've heard that phrase used many times, haven't we? It's not about you. It's about me. Have you heard that as couples were splitting? One was going one way and one was going another. and Maybe the man or maybe the woman and, and they tell their spouse, it's, it's not about you. It's about me. Right? Isn't that what they're telling them? Well, God is saying to Moses, it's not about you, it's about me, for him to understand the power, the authority, the ability, the help, that was needed for Moses to go and do the job that God was calling him to do. Notice in verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites 
I am has sent you to them. As our story begins about Moses here, there are some facts that we can see about Moses' life that leads up to this particular point. Moses identified with the Israelites in Egypt. This is found in chapter 2, verse 11, where Moses stands up for one of the Israelites who is being beaten by a taskmaster, by one of the Egyptians. And he steps in and actually kills the Egyptian, doesn't he? And then buries him in the sand, thinks it's all done, all forgotten. Well, that's another story, isn't it? <laughs> and a good message there too. But anyway, he identified with his people. Now we know that he could do that because he knew who he was. Who was instrumental in telling Moses about his ancestry, about his people? Well, it was his mother. Again, something for another day and another time, but as Moses was brought out of the river, Miriam, his sister, was there watching. Now, how old was Miriam at that particular time? We really don't know for sure. But I would say that she was at least 10 years old, wouldn't you? Maybe 12, 13, 14, 15. A young person. And she was old enough to be able to watch Moses and be able then to run to his parents and let them know what was going on. And that's what she did as Pharaoh's daughter came to bathe in the Nile River. But one of the things that we find here is that Moses was brought up by his mother. His mother became his nurse. This was not by accident, was it? And then another thing that we find out about Moses is that he knew about God. Well, again, his mother told him about God, I'm sure, while he was in Egypt. How long did he stay in Egypt? Forty years. He was of a good age before he left Egypt, wasn't he? Forty years old. We don't know what all went on in his life in Egypt while he stayed there. Most individuals, most young men are married by that time. The question has been asked, did Moses marry before he left Egypt? I don't know. Did he have any children before he left Egypt? I don't know. <laughs> the Bible doesn't tell us these things, does it? It's not important for us to know. But we do know about another wife, and, and uh, this was the wife he married in the wilderness. Well, he saw God at the burning bush. Remember that? He had been in the wilderness now for 40 years. Fast forward, 
40 more years. And he saw the burning bush. 40 years in Egypt, trained by the best, educated by the best. He was the son of Pharaoh. But then when he left Egypt, he learned a completely different way of life, didn't he? In the wilderness. Now both of these things are needed in the life of Moses for him to do the job God had for him to do. Think about it. God is calling him now to go down to Egypt to lead the Israelites out 40 years after he left Egypt. 40 years after he had been born in Egypt. So how old is Moses? He's eight. He's as old as you are. <laughs> right? Well, some of you are not that old. <laughs> but he was an older individual. Eight. As God is calling him now to go down to Egypt to lead the Israelites out. And so as he meets God at the burning bush, he knows about God. One of the things that it says here, as God speaks to him, Moses humbles himself before God, knowing who God is. So, Moses has identified with the Egyptians. He knew who God was. We don't know a whole lot about his worship during the 40 years that he lived in the wilderness. But we would assume that he worshipped God because we know that his father-in-law was a priest of the Most High God. So the household that he was with in the wilderness for that 40 years were worshippers of Jehovah God. And then God is sharing with him here in this conversation that we're looking at today in Exodus chapter 3. His concern for the Israelites as they're hard pressed in Egypt. They're being persecuted. They're being hurt. They're being mistreated. And God hears their prayer. God hears what they're saying. You know God hears us as we pray to Him? He does. Now it may be that we're not praying about persecution or we're not praying about somebody taking advantage of us or other things along that line. Maybe, maybe we're praying that we might be healed over our diseases. Is that possible? Yeah, I, I think... Uh, uh, as we look around the room, we can see individuals here today that have been praying such a prayer or are praying such a prayer. I would imagine as you were getting dental work done, you pray about that. I would. <laughs> and Freddie, he's having problems with gout right now. Is that all right for me to say that from the pulpit? <laughs> Wouldn't he pray, uh, be praying for uh, uh, Freddie? 
and, and his knee, his right knee, is really hurting him. Of course, Wanda has problems with her right knee, and I know we pray about that. So we could go around the room and talk about different things. George with his heart condition. Do you think he's not praying about that? Sure he is. And here's the thing. God hears our prayer. He's concerned about our concerns. Isn't that wonderful? That's the thing that Moses is learning here at the burning bush. God is concerned about the Israelites. And He wants to bring them out. He wants to relieve them from that persecution that they're going through down there. And He's asking Moses to do it. (laughs) We know what's happening with Moses. Moses is trying his best to say no, isn't he? He doesn't think he can. He wanted to lead the Israelites. God did. God is the leader now, not Moses. It's all about who? It's all about God. It's not about Moses. It's about God. And God wants to lead the Israelites to a promised land, a land that He had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob had gone down to Egypt, remember? And God had told him, I'm going to bring your people out in the future. God had the means to do that. Didn't He? And He had the individual that He wanted to use to do that. Didn't He? It was Moses. And in spite of all of Moses' objections, God is saying, I can do it. You just step out of the way, I can do it. And when He came to His last objection, Remember what that was? He said, I can't speak. And God said to Moses, Who made your mouth? He said, Nevertheless, Aaron's coming. His brother was coming from Egypt. I, you know, you think about Aaron, how old is he now? He's, he's in his 80s. He's older than Moses. And so he's in his 80s. We're not sure just how old he was at his time of coming to Moses. And why did he come? And had he come before? You know, there's a lot of blanks in the book of Genesis that we don't know about in the life of Moses that we don't know about. Maybe Aaron had come at different times. How is Aaron able to come? He's supposed to be a slave in Egypt, right? Well, maybe because of his age, he, you know, 80 years old, maybe he doesn't have to work anymore. I don't know whether they had a retirement age for slaves or not. But anyway, we can guess about these things. You know what? One of these days, you can ask Aaron. Did you know that? I believe we're going to be able to ask all the questions we have when we get to heaven. If you've got questions about God, you're going to be able to ask Him. If you've got questions about Moses, you're going to be able to ask Him. If you've got questions about Abraham, you're going to be able to ask Him. If you've got questions about Adam, 
and Eve. You're going to be able to ask them. I've got questions, but anyway. Now the dialogue between God and Moses. In verse 11, Moses is asking who he's going to tell the Israelites has sent him. And God replied, I will be with you. In other words, it's not about you. It's me. What if they ask me for your name? And he says, I am has sent you. The self-existing one has sent you. And the Israelites will know who that God is. As God leads us to do His work, as He called me into the ministry, I made all kinds of excuses to God why I couldn't do it. I, I mean, I was very honest with God. God, I can't speak. This is something you're probably not interested in. But there was an incident that happened in my life when I was growing up. And Satan kept bringing that back into my memory. There was a Christmas play at the Methodist church that was close to our home. Us boys were part of that Christmas play. And it was my turn to speak. And I had studied my lines. I knew what to say. I had it down pat. And I got up and I, I couldn't think of a thing. I looked out at the audience, oh, I can't talk. And the prompter was there on the front pew. And she kept trying to give me my first words, you know, that I might be able to pick up on it. And, and you know, finally, I just turned. One of the most embarrassing moments of my life. And when God began to deal with me to preach, I knew what preachers were. One of my uncles had been my pastor. Another uncle, dad's brothers. Another uncle had preached revivals in our church. I was very close to my dad's family. I knew what preachers did. I knew who preachers were. Well, we won't go into all of that. But, I knew it wasn't an easy life. Let me just say that. But it wasn't because of that I was saying no to God. I said, God, you know me. You, you know I can't do that. I can't. I can't. I can't. And I started running from God. George knows that I joined the military. I'm supposed to be going to college. 
Well, I didn't go to college at first. I was in college, and I left. Running from God. I'm not going to tell you all about it. I, I, I ran from Arkansas to Arizona and then to Kansas. and I mean, I, I was a mess. <laughs> I was running hard from God. And while I was in Kansas, I joined the Air Force. And this was my thinking. I'll get as far away from God as I can and He won't bother me when I get in the military and I go overseas. I signed up for overseas. God sent me to Bermuda. The Air Force didn't send me. God did. And He sent me to a roommate that was a good Christian young man. And Phil Pinkstaff began to work on me. I mean, he really worked on me. He knew that I grew up in a Christian home. He knew I wasn't living a Christian life. He knew I was going to the PX to buy booze. I was going around with another young man, Larry. can't think of Larry's last name right now, but anyway, Larry. And he, he grew up, he had grown up in a Christian church as well. But Larry wasn't serving God either. And he and I were good drinking buddies. And, you know, we, we would go and do what we wanted to do. Well, Phil knew that. But he never did condemn me. He just kept bringing up what he was doing. And where he was going to church. First Baptist Church, Bermuda. And he kept working on me. And I don't remember what it was now, but... Uh, um, there was something going on at church and he kept telling me about that. He started six months before telling me this was coming up, this was coming up. I want you to go to church with me. Oh no, I don't go to church. You need to go to church with me this one Sunday. And he somehow bribed me into going to church that first Sunday. Well, that's a long story that you don't need to hear this morning. But God put me where I was. And I knew God was still dealing with me to preach. Calling me into the ministry. Even during the time that I was out of church. Even during the time that I didn't want anything to do with God. And I, I was doing my best to leave God out of my life. God was still dealing with me. And I was still saying I can't. And I, I really didn't think I could. Well... I understand Moses' reluctance. When God called us to come to Panama, I had all kinds of excuses to tell God why we didn't need to come down here. Well, Freddie began to talk to me. You remember that, Freddie? I don't know how you got my number or I got yours, but anyway. Who? I gave it to you, somehow. But anyway, we talked, didn't we? Sent texts back and forth. And finally, Wanda and I came down and we stayed for about a month. Still thinking, maybe this is not where we need to be. But anyway, God has a way of getting us where He wants us to be and convincing us that His way is the right way. 
Now that's what happened to Moses, isn't it? Moses didn't want to do what God was asking him to do. But he did it. As we think about this, God plainly met every objection that Moses had. And finally, Moses went, didn't he? And God used Moses in a mighty way to lead the Israelites out. We don't have time to talk about all of that this morning. But God used him to do his work. Our final hymn this morning is Just As I Am. You see, that's the way God calls us. Not when we get everything straightened out. Not when we get everything like we think it ought to be. Not when I get my nerve up (laughs) that God is going to use us to do what He wants us to do. It's just as we are. Let's stand together and sing this.
Amen. Isn't that what God is saying? Steve Hudson, would you come and lead us in our closing prayer, please? And if you'd like to meet me and Wanda out in the uh, chopsticks, we'll be out there for uh, a little bit after our close as well. Father, Lord, we're thankful again that we can come and hear your word, and we're thankful for men that followed what you wanted them to do, whether they thought they were able or not, and they found out you gave them all the power they need. We thank you, Lord, for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Contact information is as follows Dr. Steve Wood. Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.